Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're filled with rage! Streets of Rage 4, that is. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the Game Awards announcements and also the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. And then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about our favorite winter levels. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm f- doing great. Yep. Because I am feeling that holiday spirit. Yeah. I am listening to Christmas music in the car. Ooh. I mean, you know, hearing all the radio or you get you pop in a CD. You know, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, I have my own personal playlist that Mm. is downloaded my phone 365 days a year. And then I will also occasionally listen to the radio when I really need a dose of just like bad Christmas music. Um, Unmemorable lyrics, uh you know, bad melodies, terrible cover versions. So speaking of none of that, did you see that Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You, for All I Want for Christmas Is You, is the name of the song, um, is uh, a number one single for the first time in its life? Really? Yes. Wow. It is her 19th number one single. Congratulations to her. It's always nice to see the underdog win. It is great to see an underdog win. And also like, hey, that's a song that you don't hear enough of. And now we hear enough of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think we have met equilibrium in Uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. That's right. It's not too much. No, not at all. Yeah. Like, I think we've uh, reached just the right amount. I mean, it is the only like modern Christmas classic, right? Yeah. Hands down. Like, it's, it's the only one in the last... When was that song written? No um, one knows. There's no way to know. <laughs> I'm uh, going to hazard a guess and say 1875. That's... It's a guess. I'm going to say 77. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> um, if you want to be a jerk like me, you can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces and make that little hedgehog run around as fast as you can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and give us a mailing address uh, that I can write on the outside of an envelope and send Sonic Forces Look, onto you. If you are looking for a last minute gift idea, okay, you're, if you are scrambling <laughs> for a last minute gift idea, yeah. why not put, like, uh, I mean, you could even put your own address or put your friend's address on the Sonic Forces borrowing program list. Yes. And then write them a nice card right? that Let, says, mm-hmm. hey, like, I really like you. I'm glad you're in my life. Um, as a gift, I put you on the Nintendo Cartridge Society Sonic Forces Borrowing Program. And when it is your turn. Right. And it won't be your turn for a couple months at least. But what an even better way to, like, reconnect with somebody in, like, six months. Yeah, this is the perfect gift for someone that you find yourself estranged to. Someone who you don't have any reason to see other than you're going to let them borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. It's the perfect gift for that person. Um, Also, speaking of the perfect gift, here's the only thing that we're asking for for Christmas, and it's not you. It's for you to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. And here's a fun thing, and really wherever you... uh, get this show it'd be awesome if you left us a review 
We love it every time. Two more people in the U.S. podcast, uh, Apple Podcast Store this past week left us five-star reviews without writing anything, which, great. Like, don't feel obligated to write anything. Good on you. Cut corners wherever possible. Um, Time yeah. is money. Right. But also, if you write, like, three words, uh, good podcast like <laughs> is fine. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm not discouraging it. I'm just saying, if you are a busy CEO, uh-huh. like, and you would like to rate our show, but you don't want to write a review... Because you can't get your secretary to do it or something. Why That's couldn't fine. you get your secretary to do it? Because it's the holidays and oh, sure. she's taking time off. That's right. That's, and you're cool right. with it. Right. Because you're a good CEO. Yeah, you work at one of those scooter companies. I mean, you could like any CEO should allow their secretary to take time off they around the should. holidays. You know who famously didn't? Scrooge. Yep. And he's the meanest CEO of them all. CFO, probably. Um, all right. <laughs> let's, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So, Shovel Knight is now complete. I can't. I kind of can't believe it actually happened. Yeah, me neither. Um, the King of Cards uh, expansion and the uh, like, all new mode Shovel Knight Showdown, um, came out uh, last week, and I was uh, champing at the bit to uh, download them, and I did, uh, and then I have sunk a ton of time into uh, King of Cards, and I love it. Um, he has the like the always the sort of like gimmick around the new um, uh, scenarios, the new um, what am I what 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know. Okay, well then, <laughs> the basically the new like games uh, right. is, is uh-huh. that each each one you know has the characters uh, like locomotion front and center, like uh-huh. how how that character moves around the screen is what makes each of those games distinct. That's what makes Shovel Knight so fun. That's what makes um, the uh, Spectre Knight stuff so fun. And what makes the Plague Knight stuff kind of a bummer. Um, that his the way he moves around the levels uh, is kind of a chore. Um, and also, like, the way it's connected to how he attacks things is kind of clumsy. But King Knight uh, is, like, a perfect... Uh, he, 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 it's all based on... He does, like, a, a dash, like Wario um where he's like just smashing into stuff but then when he smashes into something he like kind of bounces away from it and starts twirling mm. and that twirling makes him makes like the bottom of his body uh like the bottom of his jump uh, a, another point of attack and so if you then like bounce off something then you've got another dash in you and then you can kind of oh, keep that's chaining cool. those together so it's kind of a, a matter of uh finding something to hit from the side then something to jump on, then something to hit from the side, and then you can kind of keep that going forever if you are alternating um, properly. That sounds really cool. I read an uh, article that Jason Schreier from Kotaku published, I think it was last week around when the uh, uh, this final content was released, uh, where he talked to the Yacht Club games guys, mm-hmm. and just about how like long they have been working on this, and yes. how, you know, like, it's kind of been, you know, obviously, like, off and on stressful and just trying you know they thought they were going to be done with this like way long ago i don't know it it was really interesting to check out yeah i mean the the original uh shovel knight came out like four or five years ago at this point um so the fact that they've been working on uh you know expansions for all all that time right in order because they were all like kickstarter stretch goals yeah which is crazy like 
it's insane that they actually went through and fulfilled all of them and didn't like just push any out that like weren't going i mean i guess the the very first expansion is, is not super fun um the the plague knight one um but both specter knight and king knight have been like amazing like rich full experiences um i i have <clears throat> excuse me i probably have about uh eight and a half uh, hours in uh king knight um and i'm right up to the end boss uh, and the the bosses in Shovel Knight are um, can be tough, uh, and so I'm just kind of to that point now where I'm like, well, maybe I'll beat this and maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, I've I've had a, a ton of fun with it, um, and there's like a card game component to it too. So like, it's it's half um, Shovel Knight esque uh, 2D side scrolling, you know, whatever. Um, and then there is a card game that plays a lot like the card game in Final Fantasy VIII where you are uh, like placing cards on uh, like a little grid and they have arrows on them. And so like you kind of like push the cards around and you need your cards to be on the spaces that have uh, gems on them by the end of the, by the end of the match. I cannot wrap my head around this (laughs) at all. Um, And like, you know, I'm, I'm not one to say like, Oh, absolutely not to like, you know, whatever like additional game types are are in a a video game. Um, But this is one that like I've just not been able to wrap my head around and have mostly ignored. I think I played two games of it uh, in in my whole playthrough and everything else is sort of like optional. Um, So uh, it's if if you're into that sort of thing, it's there. And if you don't want to mess with it, you don't have to. And this is separate from there was a whole nother game that was released. Uh, showdown is so, that right shovel yeah knight so showdown? shovel knight showdown still launches from the same um like uh treasure trove oh so it was also dash. free yes oh yes, wow that's correct um and uh yeah i i haven't really wrapped my head around shovel knight showdown just yet it looks like it i should not be trying to play it by myself um which is the only thing i've tried to do so far um but like you know you're uh, on a, a single screen and you're controlling one of the um, Shovel Knight characters, and that you know could be Shovel Knight himself, or the King Knight, Plague Knight, Inspector Knight. So like the four kind of character types that you're used to controlling a lot. Um, and then there's also Shield Knight from the original Shovel Knight, and a handful of others that you get to control for the first time in the series. And it's uh, a little bit of like a um, brawler slash like trying to control resources on the map kind of thing. Um, and it seems like it could be fun if you find yourself, you know, in a room with three other uh, Shovel Knight fans. Uh, and I may uh, force my uh, friends and Sarah to um, play it with me uh, over Christmas. Uh, but we'll, we'll see if they're uh, receptive to that. They might not be. <laughs> there was also a Tetris Maximus event this weekend, right? Yes. Which I totally blinked on. So, uh, and uh, this is also one, uh, I don't know if these things are just like getting announced late in the week, so you and I are yeah, catching them. Yeah, I think or... we didn't talk about this one, because I think it was announced after our news episode had gone out, and if we yeah. don't talk about it, I it doesn't forget exist, about it. Right, yeah. Um, but so, it, it is, it, it's a Tetris Maximus event, and then I think they're just adding team battles, like, for, like regularly? Yeah, it, like, uh, an update went out for yeah. t- uh, Tetris 99 that included this new team battle mode. So, the way the team battles work is that you, when you, like, sign into to it, like, to, to start a, a team battle, um, you can either, uh, there are ways to link up with other players, but with, like, passwords, or like passcode so like you know nintendo back on their friend code garbage um 
So like you can do that, or you can just pick a team when you go in, and, and it's like four different colors, right? Yeah, it's it's and they're like elements, so it's it's like fire, water, um, grass, and electricity. It's kind of Pokemon types. Yeah. Um, and so then, and it the split is usually pretty close to even. Like a a big team is like thirty, um, but usually they're all about twenty five. Um, and so it's just sort of uh, you can target which team. Uh, you want to send your garbage to, uh, and then um, the it's it's weird because for the Tetris Maximus tournament, the only way to get points is to a- after you get knocked out is to stay until the end of your whole team. Oh, uh, that kind of stinks. So I I played a a little bit of it today, probably for like uh, half an hour, forty five minutes, um, and like kept you know like spamming that rematch button because I want to keep playing, uh, but I wasn't getting any points. Um, uh, until like I played a match where, um, so there's like another feature here where when someone gets knocked out, they can spectate. Um, and if you are watching one of your teammates play, you can offer a a like, so like one like per, per game is is what you're allotted. And if someone gives you a like, you get two points. Mm. So I've got something like, you know, eight points, (laughs) something like that, because a couple people liked what I was doing. Um. But yeah, it, it's just weird to have to like it's either that or watch the entirety of like a game, which isn't super fun. No, um, I do like the idea of team battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the team ba- if if you didn't have to stick around and like to see how the whole thing like shook out, um, I think it would be a lot better. Um, I, I'm interested to see what it looks like not in the Tetris Maximus mode. Like maybe um, the the colors will just be colors and they like take the the elemental theming away. I'm not sure. Um, but good news for you, Mark. Uh, one of the other things that came along with the update is that themes that were part of previous Tetris Maximuses can now be purchased Woo-hoo! with tickets. So you're no longer locked out from those forever. And my accomplishments <laughs> from months ago have now been worthless. Yeah, um, right. And I finally have a use for the tickets that I've been accumulating slowly, but slowly accumulating. tickets. Um, uh, have have you had a chance to play anything, Mark? No, thank you for calling me out on it, so I could be shamed publicly. Very good. That was my goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the new releases. Hey, no shame about it. Like sometimes you just sometimes you just don't have time to. Yeah, play. I was just hoping that we'd like you know I could just like slide through this one by I don't know like offering conversational mm-hmm. part you know parts to what you've been playing um didn't happen not <laughs> a great week for new releases Mm-mm. not a lot coming out um today december 17th rift keeper is released and then on thursday some games like dual brain volume one calculation which i'm telling you nintendo just released brain training over here yeah i mean there's no reason to put out dual brain volume one and I understand that, Nintendo, you are not putting out Dual Brain Volume 1. Somebody else is. But you are allowing it to yeah, be put out. Yeah, because there's a void in the market that you're uh-huh. not quashing with your built-in Monopoly. Also, Melbit's World is released. And then on Friday, December 20th, 60 Parsecs and JDM Racing. Mark, I don't know what any of this I is. I don't either. I really, truly do not. Uh, and look, we got a ton of other games to play. So right. no one's going to. I mean, somebody will. Mm. And uh, good for them. All right, great. Let's close out this segment. 
Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, we are discussing Secret Santa or White Elephant gift exchanges or any of that kind of thing. Which, I will say just broadly, yes, I generally don't care for. I also do not really care for it because if there's... I mean, gift giving in general, I'm a little bit ambivalent about because for the most part, I don't really want someone to give me a gift. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. like, um, especially if it is like a physical object that I then have to keep in my home and like find a place for or like fold into my... I understand these are maybe strange complaints and I'm starting to sound a little scroogey myself. (laughs) I am the CFO of Nintendo (laughs) Cartridge Society. But uh, yeah, and anytime it's like, uh, you know, gamified like that, like, I guess I can appreciate like the game of it and that it also uh, like makes your obligations clearer. Mm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That yeah. like if someone says like, okay, we're doing a white elephant uh, gift exchange and it's a $20 max and you're like, great. Now I don't have to like figure out if I need to get people things. Yeah. I Although think sometimes th- you still do. Right. I think that's true. The thing that I don't particularly care for about it and i know that this also makes me a scrooge uh-huh. so definitely the coo of um nintendo cartridge society is that i don't think either of us knows what those uh, acronyms stand for chief operating officer and chief financial officer <laughs> i understand <laughs> um that uh i feel like there's like a especially like office or whatever like there's like a weird like social obligation yes. around it where there's uh and maybe i'm just too putting too much pressure on it where there's like a set of expectations that your gift is going to be like good or interesting or useful yes i also i and i don't hmm, this is going to be a peek into my brain here um i feel like in an office setting there is a pressure that I am probably putting on myself or that I think other people are putting onto me that they're actually not putting onto me to come up with a funny gift. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I fancy myself a funny man and people are like, Patrick, you, uh, you make me laugh, whatever. So I'm like, now whatever I bring to the white elephant gift exchange has to be something funny. Right. And how much fake vomit can $20 buy? I mean, not uh, enough, but a lot, <laughs> like too much. <laughs> Um, I recently, uh, Sarah was asking me what she should do for, uh, what Christmas present she should get for, for her team at work. Yeah. Uh, and I said, you should get each of them a 24 pack of really high quality toilet paper. <laughs> Practical. Practical. Cause that, look, you're not making any assumptions about like, you, everybody not, poops, everybody poops, man. And everyone needs to wipe. So, and people will sometimes scrimp on like, oh, we don't have to have the nice stuff at my right. house. Yeah, brighten their holidays. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, have you had any like memorable white elephant slash secret Santa experiences? Uh, jeez, I don't. Well, so have I had any memorable? I'm gonna say no because I can't think of any. <laughs> have I mean, you? Fair. That was uh probably like the one that I 
felt best about yeah. was when I was like eight years old and there we were doing like a piano recital around the holidays mm-hmm. and it was actually a pretty good idea. So what you each like person would go up, they'd perform their little piece and then they would be able to like pick a gift from uh, all the w- ones and then they could, you know, I think the way it works usually is like you could exchange it once right. if you didn't like it. And uh, the one that I was coveting so much was I don't even like it probably cost a buck fifty. It was like a stick. Oh, well, I guess we'll never know. We'll never know what what, what the stick was. We were accompanied today by pianist G. Lu. All right, Mark, are you ready to get into the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, a ton of new games announced at the Game Awards and on the Indie World Showcase both of which happened last week. Right, so that's all the news is. Maybe other things happened, we don't know. Here's the thing. I was looking for news from this last week, and I saw a headline that was something along the lines of uh, winning game of the year uh, meant a lot for like the Breath of the Wild producers. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> right, that happened in like 2017. Right, but the news is that it meant a lot. Right. <laughs> Remember our famous not news segment? That's right. Where we would call out something that people were talking about that was not news. So by and large, uh, we are sparing you the not news from the week, except, of course, for that one thing that I just brought up. (laughs) Uh, All right. Yes. So starting with the Nintendo Indie World Showcase last week, Mm -hmm. lots of new games announced. Uh, Probably the one I'm most excited for is Sports Story, which is a sequel of sorts of... Golf story. Yeah. I really struggled with that. <laughs> a a, a sequel, sequel of sorts, sorts to golf to golf story. Right. That's what I was looking for. Right. Uh to golf story, which came out I think in twenty seventeen, I'm gonna guess. I believe golf story was in the original uh like indie sh- uh, I, they oh, weren't called yeah. indie showcases, they were right. called like uh Nindy showcases. Yeah, Nindy directs yeah. maybe. Um yes, I think you're right. Uh I didn't finish it, but I played quite a bit of it. Really, really liked it. It's really cute. It's from this uh small developer in Australia, I think. Has a lot of quirky humor. Anyways, this sequel, which is coming, they say mid-2020, is uh more than just golf. That's right. But it seems to have like the same um look and feel to it. Yeah, and like the hook of Golf Story was that it was like a sort of classic uh 16-bit style like RPG or like yeah, Harvest t- Moon kind of game um where like the mechanic that you use to like get through to the next like portion of the game is golf. Right. And a pretty like satisfying like 16-bit golf experience. Um but this uh it, it seems like is uh so they so they showed golf, tennis, soccer, baseball, um, and uh, it seems like they're kind of mashing them up too, right? Like there mm-hmm. were people playing uh, like golf with baseball bats and, you know, so like everything, it seems like uh, they're having fun with the premise of uh, like sports being a, a like kind of generic uh, like method through uh, method that you a- advance through the game. They also promise that there's going to be dungeons, espionage, mini games, Right. Um, I'm excited to find out what all that means. Maybe another in-game card game that I can ignore. <laughs> um, we also found out that Streets of Rage 4 is coming in the first half of 2020. You a Streets of Rage guy, Mark? Um, I have played Streets of Rage. So I have two. I have a really hard time like identifying it or placing it in my head as discrete from like 
other brawlers, right? Like, like Double that. Dragon. Yeah, yeah, they all blend together to me as for me as well. Um, it, it, it occupies the same space in my brain as like Final Fight, even though I like know Final Fight pretty well. Um, and especially after playing the uh, games in that uh, Capcom beat 'em up bundle, mm-hmm. um, that like I have such a, a feel for like the Capcom version of this that I'm like a little bit interested to either go back and explore like the because these are Sega games, um, and Streets of Rage Four is at least co-developed by Sega, or at least being published, you know, partially by Sega. Um, that like I'm I'm a little bit interested to uh, dip into it just because I I have had such a nice time with uh, the Capcom brawlers of late. Also announced was Gleamlight, uh, which mm-hmm. is a side scroller, two D side scroller. They specifically call out. Yes, there's no UI, no UI, and that like the game adapts to your playstyle to like tell you what to do and where to go next or. It's it's not clear. That may have been some like high minded whatever whatever. Um, but you know it looks kind of like Hollow Knighty maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it looks cool. Uh, yeah. Also, Bacon Switch, which is a co op party brawler. Um, did this look just like uh Overcooked to you? Except yes. With like. You get to punch the the fruit into submission or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Before you could make punch out of it or something. Um. Also, we're getting Super Mash in May 2020, which uh, is like a love letter to retro genres in yes. general, retro gaming in general. Um, this seems very ambitious to me because basically it's like we're gonna take these two styles of games, like a fighter and uh, I don't know, like a puzzle game, and then put them together or whatever. Like puzzle fighter? <laughs> yes, but we're gonna do it dynamically, and you choose like the combinations. And I think this game is already out on on Steam. Steam. Yeah. Um, but it seems like a really cool idea that. Uh, I don't know if it will actually be satisfying to play. Well, it, it's interesting because like they they kind of establish the concept as like you get to create the the genre by mashing these two genres up. Um, but like I wonder how much of that like is actually determined dynamically, right. or if it's just like they went through and like made little games that is uh you know the combination of like any two possible I see uh like game types yeah um cuz there wouldn't be an infinite number of, of com- like I just don't know how it's done otherwise right how you combine like a a, a 2D uh platformer with a you know turn-based RPG yeah the thing that uh makes me feel like there's some element of like customization or randomness is that you are able to like generate them and then share them with your friends Yes, but I, I don't think there's like a there's not like a level editor or anything like that. Like you're still right. I, mean, I guess I, that's true. I, I I really don't know. This is something that um and I guess we could probably check it out now or check out like videos um of it being played on Steam. But um the yeah the Super Mash is one that I'm going to be like interested in seeing what exactly like what it really is um in May. We also got one of those um famous like it's available now. In the Talos Principle, mm-hmm. which is a first-person puzzle game in a non-linear world, has like 120-plus puzzles to get through. I think I've seen in one of the uh, GDQs, one of the Game Done Quick marathons, that uh, um, somebody speedrun this. So I've seen it, the game be completely broken. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool if it's what I'm thinking of. 
we, it has some sort of like a uh, little like ancient Egypt aesthetic going on with it. Yeah, I mean, it it looked very uh, the witnessy um, to me, uh, which is a game that I liked for the period that I was playing it, and then put it down for a little bit, and then couldn't remember how to right. solve any yeah. of the puzzles. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but Natalis Principle is a you know ha- has a pretty good reputation, so it's cool to see it coming to Switch. We're also getting Sail Forth, which is a naval 3D action game. Dauntless Storm Chasers, which was uh, free the day it was, uh, yeah. like the day of it was another the showcase av- available now. Mm-hmm. And Dauntless is the uh, Monster Hunter like, right? Yeah, it's like a free Monster Hunter game. I think it was also on display at E3. Um, what's interesting is uh, the like new area that they were showing off is also like a snowy plains uh, or like snowy mountains or whatever, mm-hmm. which is exactly what. Uh, monster hunters like dlc right like ice born maybe maybe yeah i don't know i'm not a monster hunter guy but uh it was just just interesting to be like oh yeah i guess uh, this is that's just the the second step of every monster hunting game um murder by numbers which we had talked about previously and learned a little bit more about hey i will say that i am no less excited about this game now than i was when we first talked about it absolutely let's recap what it is mark okay so it's a murder mystery adventure game yes so check Mm -hmm. in old hollywood also check check where you do pick cross check to get clues Check. And we learned that it's going to have music by the composer of Phoenix Wright's music. Right. So check, check. Right. So this is a game that we're going to uh, love. I'm calling it now. Uh, we're going to love it. It's, it's coming out early 2020. Uh, so, you know, I expect to hear us talk more about that when we play it. Oddworld Stranger's Wrath is coming to the Switch uh, in January of next year. It's the HD version of the Xbox game, which was originally released in 2005, that I know only by reputation. Yeah, I actually don't know any of the Oddworld games. I, I always confuse Oddworld with Psychonauts, another mm. series that I'm only passingly familiar with. Yes, I mean, they're both like, and I might be wrong on this, but they both feel like achingly English. <laughs> so well, I think right? one is by Double Fine. I think Psychonauts was by Double Fine, which is um, Tim Schafer's yeah, studio, sure. now owned by Microsoft and not at all British. Um, but it feels that way <laughs> you're right yeah and it's hard to argue with that i all <laughs> both of them are i like uh knowing nothing about odd world stranger's wrath or odd yes. world at all i just think it's so ugly and uninviting me too um but i think that that is like that ugliness is part of it like its stated charm mm. right and like part of its purpose is like it's cute because it's ugly like rango I mean, did that work for Rango? I mean, could we all, I mean, who knows? Could we all just like take a moment to remember let's, that Rango was a no, movie? No, let's not. Directed by Gore Verbinski. Let's not relitigate Rango on this podcast. I mean, should we litigate Gore Verbinski? What happened there? Um, Skatebirds, coming late 2020, which is a little bit surprising. I don't know why. Uh, I it's guess. It's surprising that so far out. Yeah. It is weird to tease a game that is like a year away. And also the scope of it, right? Yeah. And this seems is me small. being ignorant, but right. does seem small. Uh, very cute looking though. Yeah. So the, yeah, this is like a Tony Hawk style game where instead of uh, professional skateboarders or Darth Maul, you control a little bird who's on a little skateboard. Yeah. On a little tech deck. Yeah. As pointed out by a friend of the show, Matt Acevedo. Um, you can like get clothing for them in game and dress them up 
it's such a funny idea. Oh, like the like uh the maps and everything are like a desk. Yeah, because uh, they're small little uh, birds. Yeah. They need a small little skate park. It's a hilarious idea. I love it. Um, I think all the Tony Hawk puns have been exhausted at this point. It's well-worn territory. We're not even going to try to do no, it. No, just wanted to acknowledge it because I, del- I was delighted by each and every one of them. <laughs> um, next comes Liberated, which is a cyberpunk graphic novel action game. Uh, which... I, I'm I'm curious to like see more of it in action, um, but like it does the thing where like you can actually see a page and the camera kind of like pans across it, and right? Then, like, which what was the name of that are... Sega Genesis game? Oh, you're thinking that... of Comic Zone. I am thinking of Comic Zone, uh, which is not a great game. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, as as someone who uh, you know like works with comics and like finds the medium so interesting and like has such storytelling potential, it feels weird to have like you know panels where things are moving inside like i don't know uh this is the comic purist in me being like i don't know if that works um but you know uh, whatever the game looks cool yeah we're all rooting for liberated uh boyfriend dungeon here we go here's something we are all rooting for dungeon crawler dating sims weapons can become cute boys uh, it's not just that they can. Oh, it's they that do. They do so you. It's it's a dungeon crawling whatever where you're going in and you you find weapons and you fight monsters with these weapons. When when you take them out of the dungeon, the weapons become boys. Which really is right. This is the uh, basically Xenoblade Chronicles two. Yeah, except it, yes, like way swapped. more fun. <laughs> and that you can uh, like the point of it is when you get them out of the dungeons, you date them. Right. Um. So cool. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the survivalists coming next year as well. It's set in the Escapist universe from the same studio that created the Escapist and Escapist Two. Um, features procedurally generated islands. Yeah. So like the the Escapists was like all about trying to break out of jail. Mm-hmm. I played a little bit of the second one, but um, the the game systems are like so dense. Um, that like just jumping right into it, I didn't have any idea really what I was doing. Um, and it all felt like too big and a little bit too like PC like for me. Um, that's personal computery, not political correct, <laughs> politically correct. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's it, it's funny to me, and maybe it won't be funny to fans of the Escapist, but that they were like touting that this thing is in the Escapist universe, like that. It, like that's not a uh, a huge property that we're all like oh yes finally more escapist universe content um but yeah so this is like the the same premise uh, like the same probably the same density of game systems but you're just trapped on a on an island trying to not die oh gotcha okay um also at the very end we saw the briefest snippet mm-hmm. of axiom verge 2 which is um uh, much desired game. Yes. Um. So we've neither of us have ever played no. Axiom Verge. Um. And I've always been a little bit put off by the uh kind of like, uh, like bleak sci-fi aesthetic. Sure, of, it's very of the original yeah. Axiom Verge. Mm-hmm. It's like very high contrast, like black and white, and like there are other colors thrown in there too. But like the black and white seem to be like the prevailing color, uh, scheme in that. Um. This seemed a lot more colorful and a lot more like. I don't know, just like uh, scuffed up and like lived in. Like it, it, the the it's still a a sci-fi setting, right? Yeah, I, yes. And not being familiar with um at the original Axiom Verge, and uh because it's so far out, the creator slash developer 
is still being a little cagey about exactly what's happening, but it seems like it takes place um, maybe both before and after the original Axiom Verge. That is interesting. But yeah, the setting is definitely more organic, right? Like, um, whereas the first one is very like uh, H.R. Giger. Yes, totally. Where like maybe some of that's organic, but like the kind gross of, way, the kind of organic that a bug is. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing in there's nothing in Axiom Verge that I want to hug. Right. Guessing, guessing. Have you never played it? Yeah. Um, but Axiom Verge two, I'm guessing something in there I'm gonna want to hug, or at least have a picnic on. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and then so that was uh everything that we saw in the indie showcase, which was a lot. Yep, good presentation too. Like, uh, quick, and they just kind of like sped through things. Uh, it, yeah, it yeah, felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on to the game awards, which are held last Thursday, and Nintendo. It's kind of the opposite, right? Because the game awards just go on and on and on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's completely endless. Uh, they just one year's just runs right into the next year's. That's right. But the game awards never stops. It's something that they don't publicize is that the game awards are still happening right now. They're giving away lesser awards. Uh. But uh, it's still happening. Yeah, I mean, it's why the Clippers have to move to a new stadium in Inglewood. Um, so, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which, man, a game that, like, seems to have sold decently, but just got completely overshadowed by everything else that was going on this year. Totally. It came out uh, within a week of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, had a new DLC pack announced. It's called Rise of the Phoenix and includes Cable, Iceman, Gambit and Phoenix, and then uh, it will introduce a danger room component, which allows co-op and competitive play, and it will be available next Monday. Uh, which is pretty crazy that uh, it's... So how much of the uh, DLC packs did we know? So one of them is already out. Right, the Marvel Knights one. Right. Um, and that's like a vampire story. Yeah. Um, and, and then we... I think we already, we already knew the Fantastic Four was going to be one. And we knew that the X-Men were going to be one too, but I don't think we had the titles for either no, of them. No, no, I think you're right. Um, and so this, uh, if, you know, finding out that the X-Men one is specifically uh, Phoenix-related... Um, and that uh, Jean Grey, the Phoenix, is one of the playable characters is interesting. I wonder, like, how they play with that. Because, you, you know, usually through the course of, like, the Phoenix story, the Phoenix uh, dies, becomes evil, dies again. <laughs> so, like, um, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how all of that kind of uh, plays out. I, I'm also, like, just seeing that uh, and then seeing, like, the little bit of a teaser of, like, knowing more about the third DLC pack. Um, it makes me excited for a time when they will put out a, if they uh, put out a like uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance complete edition mm-hmm. uh, that just has all of the, all the content like together. Yeah. Um, hopefully not for 80 bucks, but right. Cause the, the third one is called uh, shadow of doom and is due out next spring. Yep. So they, they're staggering these pretty uh, significantly apart. Cause I think the first one was Marvel Knights was released at the end of August. I think I, yeah, I think I that's right, and then now we're getting this one a few months later, and then in spring. Uh, also, there was an extended trailer for No, no More Heroes Three. Yeah, so they, there's a uh, a kind of shorter trailer that actually ran during the Game Awards, and then there was a a longer one. Um, and you know, not watching them back to back, um, I couldn't tell you really what was extended about the um the extended one. Um, but did you get a chance to watch uh this trailer, Mark? I, I saw the one that happened during the Game Awards. Okay, where it was like trailer for a fake game and then like travis like breaks in yeah so 
I'm not sure what any of this is. Yeah. Um. The uh the the trailer the and the extended trailer uh focused on a, a like E T esque story um between a a boy and this like fuzzy alien that he meets uh whose name is Fu F U um which I'm sure F U is uh Suda's we're uh, all laughing yeah we're all laughing um also Imran Khan uh, pointed out that F and U are each one letter more than E T <laughs> F is one more than I'm e laughing and, yeah yeah so I mean it works on a bunch <laughs> of levels um but so you know it it's a a sweet trailer for like three minutes of like the boy and his alien friend and then the alien goes away and says like i promise i'll come back and then when he does come back uh he's like a jerk super into xfinity yes yes so <laughs> much just wants comcast products <laughs> um and then like that kind of segues in like the aliens are like attacking and whatever and just sort of uh like rips into no more heroes mm. um in a way that i don't totally understand gotcha um yeah yeah, I played the f- I played the first game in the series way back on the Wii, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's I don't know I I don't think that I really love Suda Fifty One's sense of humor. Like I don't think we find the same things funny, and um, I think I, I don't know all of it is just like yeah, this made so much more sense back in like two like the humor of two thousand eight. Look, man, when we were slamming Mountain Dews, like it just made a ton of sense. Chug a lug. Do you know that uh, there's a Beach Boy song called Chugalug that's about uh, a, a root beer drinking contest? <laughs> is it from like the 80s, like rebirth? Oh no, 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 no! It is like an original 60s uh, uh, Brian Wils- Brian Wilson special. Oh yeah, uh, it is a beautiful. I recommend everyone check it out. <laughs> uh, so the all the talk around this game claims that it's the last numbered entry in the No More Heroes series. Fine. And uh, what a weird claim to make, right? right. Like people were it's the last one out right on them, <laughs> and it's the, like it's, it's the last one right now, right? Like, you can tell me that there's never going to be a No More Heroes number four, and also like who cares? Like you just name it something different. <laughs> they're just seeing all these Star Wars trailers, and they're right. like, "Yes, we want some of that." Yes, our saga will end, <laughs> but the legacy will live on forever. <laughs> um. Also, you put a note here, and I completely agree. This trailer was just weird, even by, like, No More Heroes standards. Yeah. I just don't know who this series is for, and I feel like the... Anymore. Like, I really yes. don't. Like, the... um, And I know that Suda51's games are always kind of niche, and uh, I've liked other things he's done before. I like when things are weird. You know, I would rather things be weird than boring. Yes. Um, But No More Heroes, to me, has always just been, like... uh, It's never been weird enough. In that, like, all the stuff has always been just, like, so, like, bland to me and, like, obvious. Yeah. And, like, yeah, the yeah. humor is just, I don't know. It's always felt a little flat to me. I mean, it, it is, at least uh, my perception of it has always been that, like, the kind of humor, the kind of weirdness is just taking what's uh, kind of, like, bad or lazy about, like, American cinema or, like, you know, the American cinema of like the late eighties, early nineties, and just cranking all of the ridiculousness up to 11. And like, that's fun in a way, but it's kind of fun in a way that I don't, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not connecting with it. Yeah. Um, I also find that the, cause the, the trailer, like I said, starts out, it's like three minutes of like an ET style and, you know, seeing it at the game awards, I was like, Oh, this might be an interesting 
Like, is it a, a 2019 take on a boy in his blob or, you know, some kind of uh, make good on the Atari ET game or like, you know, like what, what, what is this? And then it's like, oh no, this is something that we're going to like tear down and kind of make fun of. Uh, because when the alien returns, of course he's a jerk and he just wants to destroy humanity. It's like, uh, all right. I don't know. It it feels like the easy joke. It feels like the uh, first draft Rick and Morty joke. Yeah. And so. that's kind of how the entire series has felt to me. Yeah. Um, Bravely Default 2 was announced. This is confusing. This is confusing. Because we've already had a sequel to Bravely Default. Yes. Called Bravely Second. Yes. But this is basically like... There was Bravely Default. Yes. Right? And think of that as Final Fantasy X. And then... <laughs> no, seriously. And then, no, like, I'm, in, I'm in, there. I'm in there. the I'm sense that, like, uh, Bravely Second is, like, Final Fantasy X-2. So it is a direct sequel to mm. Final to, uh Bravely Default. Right. And then Bravely Default 2 would basically be, like, Final Fantasy twelve, right? Where it is a completely new entry with completely different characters completely different story, completely different world yes. that exists in this like bravely default universe, like Final Fantasy. Or like a bravely thing. default multiverse. Like a similar Right, exactly. Yeah. Or just like really just a brand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't um, necessarily mean anything. And uh for I mean speaking of doesn't necessarily mean anything, the Bravely games uh were 3DS games that are kind of turn based, uh job based um RPGs that uh you know kind of won square some acclaim as they were like kind of going away from that sort of battle yeah, system. Yeah, I mean I think people liked those games for the same reason they liked uh we all liked Octopath Travelers. It, Which is, it, it captured yeah. something right, same developers. Yeah. Um where it like captured something that games don't really do anymore. Yes. Except for Dragon Quest, which will never stop doing it. <laughs> um, but it's it, it was interesting. It it showed off uh, the the trailer. You know, was uh, touting that like it was the the studio that was doing this, and you know, a lot of the same teams that were that did Octopath and blah blah blah. Um, and they were showing all these pieces of art that were like these really kind of wonderful like pencil and paint like compositions um, that you know, kind of uh, inspire the world. Um, and then it ended on like a shot of the, like a, a, a quartet of heroes. Um, and they're in this like kind of gnarly, like chibi style that uh, I, I think they, I think the characters look dumb in this. Yeah. I th it, it looks like uh, the 3DS aesthetic writ large. Yes. Which um, again, one of the things people really responded to in Octopath Traveler was the like aesthetic. Yeah. And uh, this reminded me much more of, you know, like I Am Setsuna or the Tokyo RPG Factory games, which not really a compliment. Um, I will give them the benefit of the doubt because I did like Oct Octopath Traveler a yeah, lot. Yeah, totally. And uh, it's also kind of fun to see, uh, we've been doing this show long enough that, uh, you know, after Octopath Traveler was released and was met with a lot of acclaim, we had, uh, there were like interviews and articles that we were uh, talked about where the um, like head of the studio was saying, yeah, we're going to try to basically become like a studio that does a game a year and a bunch of different franchises. And, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, fans of, you know, Bravely Default might have something to look forward to. So it is fun to me to see this like come to fruition. Sure. That we've seen every part of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We've been doing the show a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I mean, it, it definitely is cool. And I like the idea that... Um, this, you know, you mentioned uh, Tokyo RPG Factory that like they've basically been dissolved at this point, right? Or maybe absol uh, uh, absorbed into 
like this studio? Yeah, or? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me because I don't think either Lost Sphere or I Am Setsuna. I think especially I Am Setsuna bombed pretty hard. Oh, I mean, especially Lost Sphere. Like I Am Setsuna at least had. Like, oh, was that the first one? Yeah. Oh, I got that. Reversed. No, no. no okay. uh, Lost Sphere was the second one. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was the first, and I Am Setsuna was the most recent one. But you are correct. Um. Yeah, and uh, you know, cause, like uh, I Am Setsuna, it has uh like a sort of stubborn insistence on. Uh, one setting like if the whole thing is set in like a, a sort of like wintry tundra mm-hmm. um, and then lost sphere is more of like it uh, kind of attempts some like time travel stuff uh, a la chrono trigger which is obviously what i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like getting so close to being chrono trigger without actually because i mean that's a that's a tall order right right it's like trying to fake star wars like yeah it just doesn't work i think both of those games were their attempt at like trying to recapture totally. this like which makes sense because you know there is a hu- i in my mind a huge market mm-hmm. if you can do that well um but like you said that's a really tall order to try to aspire to yeah and i think that uh that that style of game has been better served by as we're seeing the bravely games and octopath traveler yeah um finally nintendo won a handful of awards at the game awards luigi's mansion won best family game um nintendo was going to come away with that one no matter what because they they, were the only five games nominated they had it locked all nintendo games Mm -hmm. uh super smash brothers ultimate won best fighting game great uh fire emblem three houses won best strategy game and then fire emblem three houses also won the people's voice award which i think was like one where you could just go online and vote for a game. I'm not entirely I mean, clear. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not entirely clear what what that was, and uh, if uh, Fire Emblem won it largely because it wasn't nominated for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder because the internet has a weird sense of like, well, it, it wasn't. Not, we we can at least do it justice here, which is what, what my perception of of what this was. Is. <laughs> yeah, but I I'm 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 okay with it though in the well, sense it's, that I think it's my game of the year. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, of course, Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> Because Tetris 99 came out this and year. And we're not doing Game of the Year no, awards. No, we don't believe in it. <laughs> but. Yes. If we were. Yeah. You know, Fire Emblem Three Houses would probably be mine. And I, gosh darn it, I really need to finish that game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, speaking of things we need to finish, let's close out this segment. And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We are trying to get up to 100. We're almost there, but we can't possibly make it unless you, you, leave a review. And if you already have, thank you. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apipetti. You can get more of his music by going to apipetti.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers. Uh, wanting some clarity on what the stick thing was that you got from the white elephant? gift exchange i'm not gonna get it mark's just laughing at me thanks for listening Hi, I'm Winston. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of a new podcast on Campfire Media called Try It, You'll Like It. And on our podcast, we have our guests eat a food they hate one last time. And we have so many crazy guests. We got amazing chefs. We have killer comedians. Bakers. Candlestick makers. Distillers. Brewers. 
food writers. Oh, they're Ooh. writing about food. Ooh, they're probably having some food while they're writing about that yeah, food. Yeah, because we're eating food, and they're eating food, and you're listening to It Happen. All you ASMR hits, enjoy. Chomp, chomp. So check it out every Thursday at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Mmm, that was good. Campfire.